Tom Panos, Troy Malcolm. How are you, Troyzy? I'm good, mate. How are you? Million dollar agent. NDA. Oh, <laughs> that was a unbelievable. F- you were doing so well. It was relaxed. I reckon it that's was the calm. first. That, that is, yeah. So I, I tried to bring a bit of authenticity, and what actually happens <laughs> is I move off my normal patter, and I've actually blown my intro. But guess what? It's not going to change the price we get paid today. <laughs> that's right. The it's coffee, the same. The beautiful coffee from News Corp. <laughs> yes. We're here at Troisi. We're here at uh, News Corp. We talked about last week that um, we're going to talk about, you know, prospecting. Like, at the end of the day, as much as you don't like it, as much as you don't want to do it, as much as it's the sort of thing that you've heard over and over again, this thing's not going to go away. The bottom line is, Troy, I've seen more slumps and depression in real estate caused by lack of prospecting than anything else. So this is how it works, Troy. What happens is at some point in your real estate life, you've got a fair number of listings and you're running around and you're showing buyers and you're putting deals together and you go to a few pest inspections, building inspections, Mm -hmm. and life's good. And it is at this time, this very tricky, seductive, confusing time that the process of depression actually begins because it's at this time that you move away to talking to people in your pipeline or creating new people to go into this pipeline. And then subsequently, in the weeks and months that follow, what actually happens is that you begin to have less people to speak to your pipeline, less conversations means that you're getting to less appointments, less appointments, less listings. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you start having... Um, a bit of a confidence issue, you know. You start thinking to yourself, you know, um, where's my next listing going to come from? You begin to hope for the magic bullet. You keep thinking to yourself, you know, maybe I'm going to get something that comes in in the next couple of days. It doesn't, which then forms a former, a, a furthermore self, you know, self uh, doubt in your head. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you've got this negative loop going in, which is I've got no listings. Um, I've got no appraisals, I'm in stuck mode, and this sort of depression comes in and then you start doubting whether you're in the right office or, or what you're doing. So, Troy, what you said to me off air before is the problem with prospecting is you don't get the results for many, many months later, so it's very easy not to do it. Well, we know, we know, Tom, that people will research you six to 18 months online and in the market before they actually introduce themselves in most cases. That was a case study that came out a couple of years ago with RP Data Core Logic. Now the reality of that is that if you're prospecting or lack of prospecting, the reason why you didn't get the signboard you're driving past today in an area that you should be listing a property is that you weren't doing the work three, four, five months ago on yeah. that property. Yeah. And you've got to look at it as the timeline of the power of three, that three month timeline or runway yeah. to get ready to get in, in front of those clients. Yeah. Um, so those that have had a good break over Christmas and didn't have any listings coming back, potentially they may had not see the realisation of their prospecting activities until May, June, July this year. So, 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 Troy, takeaway number one is understand the lag between Have effort to. and results. Yep. And also, one prospecting activity doesn't take away from. It's not. It's not a once-only strategy. And by that I mean, um, you need to have multiple prospecting activities happening at any one point. So if one drops, success. You don't just use your your database to call people and think that that's the only strategy that you need to do yeah. to be successful in real estate. 
So, so Troy, I want to I want to touch on because I think that sometimes when people prospect, they do it in a very ad hoc approach. They don't have a clear list on who they're calling in that session. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is they don't know the purpose of the call that they're making. So there's no end game in that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know? So can we can we touch on you know um, touch on um, those those two things? So let's yeah. start off with purpose of, of of a call when you make a call, right? So Troy, I know that for me. There are three probable main reasons on why you're calling someone on your hit list yeah. or your chase list. Yeah. Number one is to set an appointment, to yep. actually take it to the next step where you're face-to-face. Number two is during a conversation, like if you're calling people off a database and you haven't spoke to these people for a year or two years, maybe part of the thing is to actually qualify and get cleaner information and find out, you know, their urgency level yeah. and where they are. Are they a immediate seller? Are they a future seller? Uh, are they someone that you know you have to take out of your database because they've moved to Perth and, outside the area, yeah, outside or the have area. their circumstances changed? We or, know, we know, Tom, that people go through life events kind of every three years. Yeah, the real estate cycle is still the 10-year cycle that we all talk about for an extended period of time, but. People are having death, divorce, marriage, child, second child, change of career, change of job, every so often, more frequent yeah. than what they will sell so, 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 so what you're saying is, Troy, someone may have said something to you in October last year. Yep, but perfect time different. to call them right now because life could have changed. Yeah. Okay. Another reason I've got why you'd call is that um, building trust, in building familiarity, Keep yeah. talking to them. I mean, frequency builds trust. Um, Robert Caldini talks about, you know, give, 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 give. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, I mean, Influence has a book, uh, and Dr. Robert spoke at uh, ARIC last year. We, we've used a lot of his stuff, but, you know, the law of reciprocity, give value to build trust and influence yeah. to make them understand you and, and, I guess, create social proof is perfect for this. Yeah. So the more you contact someone, the more they like you. Um, think about the first time we ever met. The first time was like, oh, it's a nice guy, that's a nice guy. Yeah. Okay, be done with it. Yeah. It wasn't till five, 10, 12 times that we were in front of each other that we realized that we would become friends. Correct, so, so, so Troy, what we're saying is, don't expect to actually be friends. Don't expect to get a decision of people. Don't expect to have trust because these things take time. Yeah. You've got to play the long game. Yeah. And you've got to play the long game with hundreds, if not thousands of people yeah. um, in a pipeline. But it's difficult because as human beings, we want to have a conversation and do business now. Correct. Correct. You can't be transactional. You can't focus on making one phone call to get yeah. uh, the most significant asset of an individual to sell on their behalf. National Association of Realtors came out uh, a couple of years ago with a study to say 80% of sales are made from the 5th to the 12th contact with a potential client, uh, everything else below that. So if you want to be making more sales, you need to increase the prospecting activities and increase the number of times you contact someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Troy, what are some of the, um, like, in your work that you do... Mm. 
What are some of the things that you see people that prospect characteristics about them that make them good? Yep. And what are some of the pro- the qualities you see of people that are bad at prospecting? Yeah. Well, the first one is always focus, Tom. Yeah. The the people that are most successful at prospecting. They know the outcome they're trying to achieve and they are focused. Now, I normally, the, the team members that I work with within McGrath, um, they like to do chunks yeah. of prospecting. So they're not debriefing on every phone call or going to get it a coffee and coming back. They're focused and they normally do two to two and a half hours in the morning yeah. uh, in the office or in a quiet location where they can focus on the call and they have a, a set list that they've already got developed the night before or earlier on in that day that they can focus on and be looking to target those people. Okay, that's gold. That's gold. They've uh, chunked out time, yep. non-negotiable. Yep. Um, they've got predetermined lists. Yep. Um, and I think you're saying they do it in the morning. There's that great saying, AM, you find your business. PM, you manage your business. Yeah. And one of the problems, Troy, is if you're doing it in the morning... I see, I actually see the inbox being the thief of the 21st century. The inbox <laughs> is what true. steals people's That's lives, true. right? It's so true. What it does is that, that email comes in. I, typically what happens, like today, I've got to tell you, as I'm walking around the Bay Run, yeah. I've got my phone, yeah. and I looked at an email, and I looked at it, and I thought to myself, why am I even on this email? Do you, do, you ever, do you ever get that email where you think to yourself, why am I here? Why have I been CC'd on this email? Why is this taking my energy and or, focus? Or BCC'd some cases. Or you think, what's the underlying issue they're trying to get Correct. across here? Well, the BCC is a more interesting one. <laughs> they, they, they normally are. They are normally. <laughs> so, 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 Troy, what I'm getting at is I find it very rarely do I think there's an urgent email that you've got to get to in the morning before you're prospecting? Yeah. Because I think it might be urgent. It might be urgent for the person that sent it, mm-hmm. right? And at the end of the day, you've got to make a decision whether you're going to do your to-do list or whether you're going to be doing other people's to-do lists. Correct. Email is the great distraction mm. of our time. Um, it's mainly spam. And I agree, Tom, there is no urgent matter uh, 11 o'clock at night is a different story. Yeah. You check email before you go to bed or 10 o'clock yeah. or whatever the bedtime is and there's something urgent that comes up, that's fine. But in the morning, you should really dedicate time to be focused yeah. in getting more business. It's yeah. a growth opportunity. We, we've, for a long time, um, uh, you talk about AM and PM energy. Yeah. You just mentioned it there. And uh, John and, and I have spoken um, uh, about the ideal week. Every single person that keeps focused in the office or activities that generate business in the AM allows them then in the PM to go out and actually network and do their business. Yeah. And it's the way we're trained. Absolutely. And I think it becomes habitual. I think if anyone that's listening to this, that's thinking to themselves, you know, uh, it's not me, what I can say is that... uh, who you are is not you, who you can be. You can actually change. Like you don't. It's not like you're 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 born to be someone that's not going to be doing stuff in the morning. But I am going to qualify Troy because I do have real estate gym members mm-hmm. and other people that speak to me that say to me that sometimes their areas have got a more predisposition 
to being called between four o'clock and six thirty, seven o'clock at night. I mean, there are there are groups of people that you know might finish work at four p.m. in the afternoon, yep. and they're easier to to speak to. So I think what good real estate people do is they've got flexibility, and flexibility means being the subject and the scientist. You Absolutely. do you do the thing that works in your marketplace. Yep. But I would say that the only caveat I would put on that you can't say that unless you've tested the AM. Right? Perfect example, I had someone uh, in a market that I work very closely with, in Victoria actually, and they used that line with me. And um, no, one, no one likes receiving calls in, in the morning. I said, perfect. Have you, tried, have you actually tried calling them in the morning? No, I've never tried calling them in the morning. I only call them at night. And I said, well, how about you start calling in the morning just to test it for three weeks? I think three yeah. weeks is a nice number. Um, in the end, they generated four new appraisals on the back of... The kid run, or the school run, had been completed. Yeah. And coming back in the morning around 10 a.m. in the a.m., they had time to chat. So don't always think because if I got a phone call from an agent in the afternoon uh, after work, I'd probably be wanting to get them off the phone because I'm finished with work. So okay. what I'm saying is don't don't disregard it and, unless you've tried it. And it sounds like a lot of your real estate gem members have actually tried it. Uh, and that's why they've come to that conclusion and they've adapted to their market. But I would say the only caveat is make sure that you're trying AM and PM as a prospecting yeah. activity um, to make sure it's there. And it might be a different prospecting activity you substitute in in the morning. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily always have to be the phone call. Troy, my final point before we uh, uh, finish up this great topic is that I, I love having a bit of success when you're you know, doing business development, mm-hmm. and I can't help it, but if you know that you've got high return, of, uh, return of, uh, high return of investment activity, like more qualified people, yep. when you do those nice and early, when you've got high levels of energy, and you're also more sharp as a tact, and you're sort of focused, and you're able to get an appointment, you feel like a winner, right? Yeah. And you get a bit of momentum and a bit of confidence, and what that does is that spurs you on to keep prospecting because sometimes it can get disheartening to go a full two and a half hours and you're not getting much success. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the only last thing I would say. And um, Troy, on that point, um, I think we're going to just give a very small uh, infomercial to our sponsor, Yep, realestate.com.au. Um, so can I just, um, I talked about it last week. Um, they are sponsors with News Corp on Momentum. Yes. Um, in 2018. For those of you, these are free events right around every city across Australia for the real estate industry. If you want to attend, it'll be first in, uh, best dressed. They will sell out. Let me just explain how you actually get on. You go to agent.realestate.com.au. Uh, slash momentum dash 2018. I don't think anyone's going to get, get that, uh, <laughs> that that URL. <laughs> I think what you should do is go to the agent center. Agent center on realestate.com. On realestate.com and you can register there. And Troy, I look forward to seeing you next week where I'm going to really, like next week, what I'd love to do because um, we're getting a bit of a taste of what the real real estate buyer energy levels like. We're going to yeah. have good volumes. I'd like to get a bit of an idea of you know what the marketplace is saying mm-hmm. um, now that we're well into the year. Well, we're well into the year and a lot of auctions are happening in the, in the tail end of Feb. So why not talk about it uh, as in the results that are happening, both 
private sale, private treaty, and also the auction results. Perfect. Troy, see you next week. See you guys. Thank you.